Hey guys, welcome back to the Health Freak Podcast. This is episode number two, and today I am going to be talking to you about some of the most important things I've learned this past year, my first year of being a mom. So with this, I hope I can offer you some peace of mind, some help, and some reassurance if you're somebody who is expecting a baby or trying to conceive a baby or just thinking about a baby in the future. I'll also touch on pregnancy a little bit and just know that it does not stop here. There are millions of lessons to be learned, but these are some of the most important ones that I've learned this year. You know, when I was pregnant, I watched so many YouTube videos and I listened to so many podcasts on everything you could ever want to know about having a baby, the actual birthing process and taking care of a baby. I found myself Googling literally Googling how to take care of a baby in the middle of the night. Um, And I found some things that were really, really helpful, some things that were not so helpful. um, But I was definitely searching for the information. So I wanted to share with you guys uh, some of the most important things that I've learned this first year. Uh, My daughter, she just turned one. And, you know, her first birthday, it had me reflecting on this past year and even beyond, like, you know, I guess a year and a half or a little bit more, had me reflecting on that. And, you know, all the ways my life has shifted and all the things that I've learned and all the ways that we've adapted and all the things I do and know now that I never, ever would have expected. So this is a little bit of a list. And it's definitely not everything because as a new parent or a parent in general, I'm assuming as I go along, there are lessons every day. It seems like there are new lessons every hour. So I hope this can help some of you who are out there looking for information the way I was. So first, let me say that I never planned to have a kid. Okay, if you knew me, if you know me, if we're friends, and we've ever spoken on the subject, I would have said, no, not for me, never having a kid. Now I'm good. I want to travel. I want to do this. I want to do that. So here I am nine months into a new relationship um, a fantastic relationship. And, you know, we found out that we're pregnant. So after dealing with the emotions of that for a few days, I said, okay, we're in, we're doing it. Um, let's get ready. Briefly, I'll just let you know, every pregnancy is different. Don't be freaked out when I tell you about mine. You know, I know so many people, most people that I know didn't have a pregnancy like mine. Um, I was just one of these people that was just sick, just throwing up day in and day out pretty much for nine months. Um, I will say that I am extremely, extremely lucky that everything went well. My daughter is extremely healthy. We had absolutely no issues. I'm forever grateful for that. So, you know, I'll take the hit anytime if that means that she's good. And she was. And of course, you know, I was worrying the whole time. Like, I can't eat. I'm throwing up everything I do manage to eat. Like, how is she possibly okay? Um, but she was, you know, and I just took my vitamins and ate what I could and drank water as much as I could. And my doctor just kept reassuring me to just keep on keeping on. And like, she was fine. And, you know, one thing I'll say is that I had an amazing doctor. Like, he was the absolute best from the moment we met. Um, I felt completely comfortable. I put my complete trust in him. He made the whole thing. So he put me at so much ease and not just during the pregnancy and each visit, but during my actual labor, it was, it was perfect. Um, no complaints. So going from being pregnant, it's, you know, like I said, every woman is different. Every pregnancy is different. 
some people are re- really afraid of pregnancy and some people are really afraid of labor. For me, I was horrified of being pregnant. Like, you know, it just seemed so uncomfortable and such a thing that like I just thought I could never handle and didn't want to handle. But I did. And that leads me to my first first point on the list is that your body was literally made for this, okay? As women, we were literally built for this process. So even if you're sick like I was, even if you're struggling in some way, even if you're terrified that you're not going to be able to push this baby out of your body, somehow your body will know what to do. It is the coolest thing in the world to see it happen. It's scary and it's so freaking weird. Like every day you're going to be like, I can't even believe what my body is going through and how it's changing and, you know, the mental side of that. It's, it's such an emotional thing, but your body was made for that and you'll be scared, but nature will just take over. And, you know, my mom and people told me when it comes to labor and delivery that I would just forget the pain. And no, I did not forget the pain, (laughs) but obviously it was worth it. But like I said, your body will know what to do. If you have a doctor that you trust, he will guide you. If your partner is with you, they will do everything they can to make you feel comfortable. And, you know, that's temporary. That part is temporary. Um, The pregnancy is temporary. And the labor is temporary. You can get through it. Trust me, I did. Um, I was scared of being pregnant, like I said, but I was, by the time it came to start planning to give birth, I was like, bring it on. Like, I want to see what all this fuss is about. Like, I want to feel the pain. Like, I made a plan with myself and with my doctor to, to do it naturally, no epidural. And of course, with a 100% open mind, like whatever needed to be done for me to give birth to a perfectly healthy baby, I would have done. And it didn't go according to plan as I feel like most times it doesn't. I labored at home for like a day and a half, I want to say. Then I went into the hospital. By the time we got there, I was seven centimeters dilated. I think I was in labor for a total of 45 hours or so. And I did manage to do the first 36 with no interventions. By that point, I hadn't slept in a couple days and I was too tired to fight the pain anymore. So I got the epidural and no regrets. You know, like I said, she was born healthy and everything was just perfect. Again, your body was made to do this. It's going to be scary. It's going to feel really weird, but just trust, just trust that, just trust nature, just trust science, trust your doctor, trust your husband or your boyfriend or your partner, and you're going to be, you're going to be fine. You'll get through it. So going from giving birth, let me just interject for a second on myself and say, I'm not going to get into this. It's not one of my points, but yes, labor hurts. Yes, it sucks. It hurts just as bad as people say, probably worse. It's fine. You can do it. Okay. Point number two. So now you have a baby, right? And you're like, all right, cool. The hard part's done for now. Then you get home and you're just like, what do I do now? I just remember feel I felt amazing. Like I was just so happy. I was in awe of this child and like what I had just done to get her into the world. And it was just this beautiful thing. But when you come home for the hospital, you look at your baby. And I remember my brother telling me this. He said when he and my sister-in-law took their baby home, 
they just looked at each other and were like, well, now what do we do? <laughs> and it's so true. Like, I was like, well, well, what now? Like, what is she? She doesn't do much. We just wait for her to need something. And yeah, that's exactly how it feels. You just, you look around and you're like, now what? So you, you could feel a little bit lost. Basically with the infant, with a newborn, it's not that complicated. They eat, they poop, they sleep a lot. Um, one thing that I'll say is it really freaked me out how much she slept at first. I didn't know that that newborn babies just basically slept the day away. I remember calling my mom like, well, what's wrong with her? Why is she sleeping so much? Should I take her to the doctor? Um, take advantage of that. <laughs> take advantage of the sleep because it may not last. Okay. It may not last. You're going to feel lost when you get home, but you will figure it out. And before you know it, you'll be rolling into a routine and it's going to be great. And that leads me into the next thing, next point that as a parent, as a mom, as a new parent, just trust your instincts. Even if you feel maybe like I felt like you never planned to have a child and you felt like it maybe wasn't for you, you might be afraid that you don't have those quote unquote maternal instincts, but you do. You definitely do. Everybody talks about you know, figuring out what a baby needs, deciphering their cries and trying to communicate in, in their own way. But honestly, like I just said, it's not that complicated. If they're crying as a newborn, they're most likely hungry. <laughs> they may need a diaper. Um, you'll know if they do. And, you know, that's really it. Like they just sleep, they eat, they poop. Not much to decipher at that point. So trust your instincts. As a new parent, you're going to find yourself obsessing over every little thing. It's perfectly normal, okay? Um, I still do it. She's a year old. I still look at the baby monitor at night to make sure make sure I can see her, you know, her little belly moving up and down. Okay, she's breathing. She's good. Um, you're going to get to know your child. You're going to get to know their habits, and you'll notice if something's a little bit off. So trust your instincts. You cannot go wrong with that. Okay, the next point is a big one, breastfeeding. If you choose to breastfeed, if you are able to breastfeed, please know that it is the most amazing thing. It's 100% worth it. But dude, it is a full-time job. I had heard that and I read that, but nothing could prepare me for how true that was, okay? First, let me just say, and I really think it's important to say this, Everything you read and everything you see is always going to say that breast is best, breastfeeding is best. Listen, breastfeeding is amazing and it's so healthy and nutritious for your baby. But there, with that comes a lot of complications. Not every woman can do it. It's draining. It's physically draining. It's emotionally draining. If you can't do it or you just choose not to, please know that that is 100% okay. All right. Please don't let anybody make you feel like something is wrong if you're not breastfeeding. Just please know that. But if you are going to breastfeed, also know, like I said, it's a full-time job. It just doesn't stop. Infants, newborns, most of them, from what I've learned and from my daughter, they want to eat all the time. It's constant work. Some babies cluster feed, which means they want to have, they feed and then they stop. And then like very soon after they want to eat again. I don't even think Charlie, my daughter, was doing cluster feeding. I think she was just constant feeding. Like it was just nonstop at some points. And it was, I felt like a human pacifier. Like it was really, really, really hard. Um, 
at the same time, I felt like, I don't even know how to explain it. Just like this warrior woman, this strong, like primal feeling of just like, yeah, like I just grew this person inside of my body. Then I pushed her out. And now my body is making the food that she's eating. Like the only thing she's consuming is coming from me. It's really cool. Um, but it's really freaking stressful as well. So I think when she was about four months, I started pumping most of the time so that we can just give her bottles and I would nurse at night and like overnight and in the morning. Um, and then slowly, slowly from there, I just started exclusively pumping because she started teething and I was like, no, thank you. I don't really want to get bit. That was just my choice. She was still getting breast milk. I was just pumping and giving her bottles. So that actually took a lot of stress off me. And I'm really glad that I made that decision because for me personally, it was just becoming a little too much. So I give people so much credit that continue to nurse because, dude, it's really hard. Then I think at eight months, we introduced formula to her. And if you know, you know, she's plant-based baby. So we introduced a soy-based formula. And we at first, she didn't want it. She wanted nothing to do with it. Uh, basically just like the first time after that she was fine no problem and we continued to have her on um, breast milk as well as formula until I think it was 10 months in the 10th month or the 11th month I uh, my supply just kind of dried up and it wasn't enough and I decided I was done and she continued on just formula until she turned one and now it's just lots and lots and lots of food and soy milk um so yeah, breastfeeding is a job, okay? It's amazing and it's really cool and you're doing a great job if you're doing it. And even if you're partially feed breastfeeding, please know you're still killing it. Please know if you're not breastfeeding, you're still killing it and you don't have to worry about somebody hanging off of your body, you know, day in and day out. <laughs> so there's there you go. There's a plus on that. The next tip or the next thing I learned, which I'm still kind of working on is ask for help and allow help from your your man your husband your boyfriend your partner your family your friends anybody who is there for you allow them to help you as a mom I think it's so natural and so normal to feel like you have to take everything on yourself um and I definitely feel like that like I definitely take the lead on I think every single thing and God bless Joe. He is just the most patient person because I know in his head, he's like, yeah, Kelly, I, I think I know what to do. But I, I know I'm a little bit of a control freak. And, you know, you just I obsess like I'm obsessively always watching Charlie. You know, I'm working on it. But allow people to help you. Like, I know my sister was here all the time. And like your family, your friends, your partner, that baby's dad, like they want to do things for you. Allow the baby's dad to feed the baby at night or to change all the diapers or to do anything that takes some pressure off you, especially if you're breastfeeding, because that's a whole nother level of of work and of pressure. And I know for me, like Joe was so supportive and so understanding of that. And I don't think I would have gotten through side note any of this without him. Like, I just need to give it up to him. Um, even in my pregnancy, when I freaked the F out, he was so calming. Anyway, Allow them to help you. Allow them to take some of the burden off you. When you're, you know, if you don't want visitors, that's 100% fine too. Um, just to flip this around a little bit, especially at first for me, it was a little overwhelming 
to have people wanting to come over all the time because like I said, I was breastfeeding and she was constantly feeding. So I'm like, okay, I have to go into the other room and nurse. You know, I really didn't like no offense if you're listening, but I didn't want to whip a tit out in front of like my mother-in-law. Love you, but you know, anyway, um, allow people to help. People want to be there for you. They want to spend time with the baby. Let them hold the baby while you just maybe step outside or make yourself some food. Allow people to help you because you need to be able to take care of yourself. And that is something that's so important. Listen, for the first few weeks or the first few months, whatever it's going to be, you're not, you know, your focus isn't going to be on you. But at a certain point, you have to allow the focus to be on you. You have to focus on you. Because you are going to be the one, one of the two. But, you know, a lot of times, a lot of it goes on the mom, especially if the dad is working, you know, especially in the beginning. You have to take care of yourself because you're not going to be able to take care of that baby at, you know, the level that you want to if you're run down, if you're starving, if you're tired, if you're dehydrated. You know, don't worry. The baby can cry for a minute while you get yourself a glass of water. It's going to be fine. So allow people to come over and hang out with you and the baby and just like give you adult conversation and give you someone to hang out with and eat with, you know, and it also gets the baby used to being around other people, which is super important. The next point I want to make, do not compare yourself to other people, okay? We're on social media, we're all on there, we're all on Instagram, especially when something happens, right? I found out I'm pregnant. I immediately I'm on YouTube. I'm on Instagram. I'm looking everywhere I can look for inspiration and help and tips and all these things. Do not compare yourself to other moms. Please remember, social media is always going to be a highlight reel. No one's going to see you in the middle of the night ripping your hair out because your baby won't get off of your boob. Your baby won't go to sleep. People only want to post, you know, the cute laughing pictures of their baby making you think, Is there something wrong with me that my baby cries for hours on end? There's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with your baby. You, this is like, I think one of the hardest things, especially in the age we're living in is to not constantly compare yourself to other parents that you see on the internet. And there's so much information out there as far as, you know, ways to help with certain issues that babies have. I know personally, my daughter, she just turned one. She doesn't sleep. She does not sleep through the night. Um, I think a week ago she slept through the night. Through the night means until like just about 5 a.m. And I almost threw a party. It was amazing. But she doesn't sleep through the night. Most of the time she won't even completely sleep in her crib once we get her down. Like we have to take her out of the crib and one of us has to go and sleep with her on the couch. It's, It's so not ideal. But like I said, you have to take care of yourself. So at a certain point of the night... I give up and I say either I just keep trying to get her in the crib and none of us sleep or I just take her on the couch and at least we get some sleep and we'll just keep trying. Like I had friends sending me all the books on sleep training and everything like that. And yeah, we tried it. Sleep training might work for some babies. You know, it didn't work for ours. Like it just never stuck. She she is stubborn. She will cry and cry and cry all night. There's no cry it out. Wait five minutes. Cry it out. Wait 10 minutes. It doesn't work for Charlie. So I was a little upset because I found myself comparing like, why did it work for this person? Why did it work for that person? Why do people rave about this approach when I'm trying so diligently and she it's just not working? Like you're only going to frustrate yourself even more. 
all you have to do is follow your gut, follow the baby's cues. It can never hurt to ask, you know, your pediatrician and do a little bit of internet research. And, you know, there's always going to be trial and error. We've tried so many things at this point. We just started putting her to bed a little earlier, which actually seems to be helping a little bit. But yeah, you got to follow that baby's cues because every baby is different. There's never going to be a one size fits all approach to anything involving your baby. So just keep in mind, if you're somebody like me, who's like banging their head against the wall, like, why won't my baby sleep? I don't know why your baby won't sleep. I don't know why my baby won't sleep. All I know is that some approaches that are extremely popular in like parenting magazines and online and everything, they haven't really helped us. So every baby's different. You are not a bad mom. If your baby is colicky or has a diaper rash or doesn't sleep, it's an issue. Every, you know, every baby comes with their own issues. Charlie doesn't sleep. That's her problem. On the flip side, Charlie is the happiest baby in the world. She's so sweet. She's hilarious, has an amazing personality. And I got to say, she's really cute. So don't compare yourself to people. It's really, really hard to not do this. But just keep it in mind, you don't have to Google every little thing. Our parents didn't have Google. Our grandparents didn't have Google. And somehow it all worked out. Don't compare yourself to people on online who are saying, like I said before, everybody raves about breastfeeding. And yes, it's amazing. Not everybody can do it and not everybody chooses to do it. Okay, I'm raising my daughter um, plant-based because it's how I eat and I have my feelings about it and I think it's a great approach. But if you're not doing that, that's fine too. You're going to figure it out. As long as you're doing the best you can by your child, you're an amazing parent. You know, don't ever let anybody make you feel like you're not. Okay, moving on to the next thing. This is kind of big. So, all right, I had a baby a year ago and it was just like, to say your life is changed, to say you're changed is an understatement. You know, when people talk about having kids, they say, oh, your whole life is about to change. Your whole life is about to change. And to me, like before I ever had a kid, I just thought that meant put your plans on hold, put your dreams on hold. You're stuck. You're not doing anything. Okay, that couldn't be farther from the truth. We've already taken her away like several times over this past year, and it's been totally fine. The only thing you have to do, you know, with that in that regard is maybe sit down with your partner and make a schedule so, you know, you can each get your work done and your projects and your social time and your exercise and anything that's important to you. You're just going to have to shift your schedule around. But you are changed as a person. And I can only speak as a mom. So I don't really know how dads feel, but I'm sure they feel change in their own way. You know, and moms are known to go through a lot of issues after having a baby or a lot of potential issues such as postpartum depression, which I can say I was lucky enough to not feel. You know, I felt just like this amazing state of bliss at most times. I just felt so lucky and so happy and just so... Um, I just felt like the universe intervened in my life and gave me exactly what I needed. And I was just like accepting of that and so excited about that. But there's definitely a period of time where it's like, I think they call it the baby blues. And I didn't really know what that meant until I kind of started feeling it. And it's just like an interesting time because, and it's not because everybody was all about me while I was pregnant. It was because I never had to put all of my energy and everything into taking care of somebody else. And I did now and it's fine. And, you know, you do it and you want to do it and it's great. But it's really weird because like even like 
like I said, I was only nine months into my relationship with Joe when, when I got pregnant. So now we're a year and a half in when she is born. And at that point in a relationship, you still just like obsessed with each other and you just want to hang out all the time and chill. And like I said, Joe was so amazing and he just was obsessed with Charlie from the beginning. And I recognize how lucky I was to have him as a partner and somebody so dedicated and how lucky Charlie is to have a dad like that. But at the same time, I was like almost mourning like what we didn't get, like as in more time together, more trips together, more solo time. It was just like uh, a strange realization. I wasn't depressed at all. Like I was beyond happy, but it was just like kind of getting situated, I guess, um, and working all that out in my head. But I was able to talk to Joe. And like I said, he's just so supportive. So you're changed when you have a baby. And, you know, if you need to talk about that with somebody, I can't stress enough. Talk about it. Talk about it with your partner. Talk about it with a therapist, a friend, a sister. Just talk about it if you need to. So for me, before I got pregnant, I was training really hard in the gym. I was competing in strong women. And I was looking forward to training like that again, like, I, like I said, I was pretty sick my whole pregnancy. So for the most part, I wasn't training just because I had no energy. And so for me in my head, I was like, okay, yes, you know, when I'm clear to work out again, I'm just going to start training again. I'm Maybe I'll compete in January. And, you know, I had all these high hopes in my head. And then once I could start working out, like I definitely had the urge to move my body and the urge to exercise, but I I didn't have the urge to do anything that I thought I would. I didn't have any urge to pick up a barbell or lift anything heavy or train in that same way again. And I just, <laughs> that was hard for me to work out. It really felt like an identity crisis to me to not have the same interests in the things that I was so passionate about before. And I can get really deep with this and like unpack my whole situation. I'm not going to do that, but if you are in the same position, whatever it is, for me, it was my training. If if it's something else for you and you feel like you're making a shift in your passions or what you want to spend your time on, yeah, I'm with you. Like, it definitely felt like a bit of an identity crisis and it was weird and it was hard to work out. And then one day, a friend said to me something like, your energy is completely different now after you had the baby. And I was like, hmm, I guess. But I started thinking about that and I started like just opening my mind to to what my energy was and trying to figure that out. And I realized that I wanted to get back into lifting and back into training in my head, but physically I just didn't want to. It wasn't where I was drawn to. I wanted to slow down. I wanted to be less intense. I wanted to be more present. I found myself more drawn to yoga and even like meditation and more like going internal as opposed to, you know, exerting myself physically externally as much. So finally, I realized, I don't even know what made this click for me, but I realized that I have been living so much before the baby in my masculine energy. And I didn't even know what that meant at the time. But basically, Briefly, what that means is I was always go, go, go. Like I was always doing and doing and doing. And now that I had the baby, you know, you have to slow down. You can't be go, go, go. You have to be there for the baby. But when it came to my physical goals and just my mental space and my whole like vibe, I guess, I was now feeling like I had shifted into my feminine energy, which I had never spent much time in as far as I know. So feminine energy is more about being. 
And I realized, yeah, I am more about being like, I just want to be here. Like I want to be present. I want to do yoga and I want to explore my thoughts and my feelings and what my body is able to do in a different way, in a less intense way, in a slower way. And it was weird. And it was really hard to like, be okay with as far as like, changing all of that and it changing my expectations of myself and I honestly I felt like it was this, just this beautiful internal metamorphosis that I went through and I really felt like I had been in like this cocoon and then I came out and things were different and I still love training but yeah I'm still I'm a year a year in and I still I'm exploring I'm I'm doing different things now and then but I still don't have that same intensity about it as I did. And it's cool. Like now I understand. And now I'm like, I embrace it and I can change and I can shift around what I'm doing. And yeah, you might feel in whatever it is that you like, if you're feeling like you don't recognize yourself or you're wondering why your interest may change or pivot or whatever. I think it's normal for me. Now I understand it's normal. I have a baby now. I have a daughter now. I'm a little softer now because I have to be, and I want to be, and I, you know, I have to love on this little baby like all the time. And yeah, I'm not as intense as I used to be. So it's like, you can't really understand what that feels like until you go through it. So if you're listening to this, and you don't have a baby yet, you might not fully get it. But you know, maybe there's something else besides having a baby that can allow you to make this shift. I don't really know. This is what did it for me. But yeah, it's it's a big thing and it's like a weird thing to figure out. But just know if you are in the same boat, once again, you're not alone. I got you. For me, like I just never felt love like that. Like I just never felt something that could pull me like that the way, you know, my daughter does like and Joe and I had spoken about this and it's just like you you can't access that part of your your heart or your soul or whatever until you have a baby. It's like a new level is unlocked in your life, in your game. You know, you can't reach that level until something like this happens. And, you know, when I unlock that level, I guess a lot of things internally change for me too. And this seems like I might seem like I'm rambling, but I feel like this all, you know, it all goes together for me. And the point of this for you is that if you're wondering or if you're trying to get back into something that you were into before you got pregnant and you're just not into it it's it's cool it's part of your journey it's part of your metamorphosis and I just want you to embrace that and see what comes of it for you okay so moving on to the next tip which I kind of touched on a little bit but a baby does change everything but it doesn't have to change everything and it doesn't have to be a drag So I'll keep this one brief. Like I was saying before, we had plans to travel. We had all these plans to get an RV and drive across the country, move upstate and hike and hang out by the lake and all these things. And now, guess what? We're still going to do all that. We've already done some of that. We've taken Charlie upstate to hang out, to hike, to sit by the lake, to eat eat our snacks in the middle of the woods and just hang out and all the things that we would have done if it was just us. But now we get to take this cool little kid with us and show her all these cool things and give her all these cool experiences and we get to help mold her into this really cool hopefully cool person so yeah it changes things but the way I see it is that we get to do this now we have the privilege of taking her with us and showing her all these cool things that we experience and experience all these things together 
and just create cool memories for her. And I think it's such a beautiful thing. And I'm excited now to have that and to be able to do that for her. Side note, it's so much work to take a baby away. Okay, I'm not going to hide this. We haven't flown with her yet. We've only done road trips. But oh my God, it is like packing to move to take a baby away for the weekend. Like, you know, when she was an infant, we had to have the um, the bassinet and all the breast milk and the pump and oh my God, so many diapers. And there were just so much. And now that she eats food, it's like, I have to make sure she has all her food. And it's a lot of work. It takes you five times as long to do anything. You're going to be late everywhere, you know, so just be prepared for that. <laughs> but the cool thing is too, is that you have the opportunity now to be a million more times productive than you ever were before, at least for me, because it's necessary. Okay, so moms, women, we naturally um, are multitaskers, I think a little bit more. And as a mom now, you have to multitask because if not, you're just not going to get it all done. Sometimes I'm feeding Charlie and I'm cooking for us at the same time. I'm throwing laundry in, I'm cleaning and she might take a nap and I'll get some, some real work done that doesn't have to do with her or the house or anything like that. So whereas before her, I probably would just would have laid on the couch and watched TV for like three hours and then maybe gotten something done. So yeah, you might just become so much more productive than you ever were before. And I don't complain about it. I embrace it. I do it happily because I can. And yeah, there's nothing I can do about it. So I can't change it. I don't really want to change it. I see it as an opportunity. The next thing, people will always tell you nap when they nap. Nope, you're not. You're probably not going to nap when they nap because everyone told me that all the time. Sleep when she sleeps. Take a nap when she takes a nap. But honestly, I'd rather, if I'm not doing something else, I'd rather just rest when she napped or eat in quiet and and not in a stressful, chaotic environment. And, you know, that's fine. I don't know. You'll catch up on sleep at some point. I feel like it's just understood that when you have a baby, you're just chronically sleep deprived. Don't worry about it. Again, don't compare yourself to what other people are doing. If you'd rather just sit and read a book or sit and eat or just watch Netflix and chill or whatever then just do that. Do your best to get adequate rest because you don't want to become deliriously tired. But I think it's just a little unrealistic to think that you're always going to nap when your baby naps, you know, and like I said, you're going to be tired, but it's temporary. This whole thing is temporary. So don't don't let it fly by. Just embrace every moment and just rest. Rest when she naps. If it means you can just sit and close your eyes or sit and you know, like I said, read or scroll social media or do anything that just puts you at a little bit of ease, then just do that. The next point I want to make is that I've learned and I think it's important that, you know, you keep in mind to maintain a sense of humor. It's going to be stressful. There are stresses every single day. It's not easy. Like I said, my daughter doesn't sleep. It's it's stressful. I once threw a bottle clear across the room because I just was so frustrated but you have to maintain a sense of humor. You have to be able to laugh when they make funny faces or fart or just do something cute and hilarious. Just remember that all this stress will pass. And like I just said, embrace every moment, even the stressful ones, because it's so like these moments go by so quickly. I cannot even believe she's won already. And the last point I'll make today on this is communicate with your partner. Becoming a parent is a crazy experience. It's a wild ride every day. It's emotional. It's stressful. It's hard. It's fun. 
I go through like a whole spectrum of emotions in one day sometimes. And if I couldn't communicate to Joe and get it off my chest, like to either just tell him how I feel or tell him how or tell him what I need or ask him what he needs, like I don't think we'd be we'd be doing as well as I think we are. So talk about how you feel and talk about what you need. Talk about what you're worried about. Ramble on. It's totally okay. Your partner is going to be totally fine with it. He might need to ramble too. You know, he's going to listen to you and he's going to want to help you. And sometimes just getting it out, you're just going to, you're going to feel better after that. A lot of people say in your relationship, you may fight more after a baby. Uh, It could cause some rifts in the relationship. And I'm sure that's true. But for us, it has not been true. It has been the furthest thing from true. We've been great. We've been, listen, everyone fights, everyone bickers. I'm not going to say like we're perfect, but having a baby hasn't, hasn't done anything but brought us closer together and allowed us to appreciate each other more. And I think a huge part of that, of that is because we are able to communicate. So you don't have to fight more. You don't have to have things turn into a fight, you know, and in one part of that is picking your battles. Another part of that, a huge part of that is saying what you need. If you want your partner to do the dishes a little bit more or pick up the slack here and there, things that you can't make the time to do, then ask him. He's not going to say no. You know, he's if he does say no, then maybe you got some more problems you need to deal with. But communicate. Communication is always the key. Okay. He's going to want to help you. He's going to want you to feel good. Everybody wants you to be happy and you're both going to benefit. And ultimately your baby's going to benefit because your baby is going to vibe off of your vibe. Everybody says how happy Charlie is. Everybody says how funny she is and how much of a personality she has. And I can't think of any other reason than, you know, what she sees, like she absorbs that from us. You know, I'm not saying we're perfect by any stretch, but we do communicate. And I think we both make it a point to to keep that at the forefront when we're experiencing any sort of stress or worry or anything like that. So just remember that the hard times are temporary and it's going to bring you closer together if you allow it to. And it's just going to make your whole family unit stronger and closer at the end of the day. So there you have it. Some of what I think are the most important lessons I've learned over this year. Some of the things that have kept me sane and have helped me be a good mom and just be a good partner and to keep going forward every day. And listen, this has not been an easy time. I feel lucky that I don't have a school-age child right now that I need to homeschool. And so parents, I give you so much credit, so many props and just, you know, great job because I just feel lucky that we haven't had to do that. And for us, the only thing that has sucked has been she hasn't gotten to spend a lot of time with family or friends and be around other babies. And so sometimes when she is around other people now, she freaks out a little bit. But and I think that has something to do with her sleep problems. Maybe she's a little bit experiencing some separation anxiety. I don't know. But yeah, like I said, there are thousands and thousands of lessons that we've learned in that you know, we continue to learn every day. And hopefully, you know, what we talked about today can give you guys some insight or at least just know that you're not alone if you're experiencing some of the same things I did, some of the same feelings I had. And there's so much more. Maybe I'll do a part two in like six months (laughs) with some groundbreaking information about the sleep chronicles of Charlie Ray. I'll let you know how that plays out. And that's that. Thank you so much for listening. And I'll see you guys in the next one.